Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sidhu, and it is week 12, Patriots week, a very different Patriots team than what we've seen in the past against the Texans. I will never forget last year's Sunday night football win against a Tom Brady-led Patriots team. Probably the last time the Texans will ever have to face Tom Brady, one would think, as long as he stays with the Buccaneers since the Texans just played the Bucs last year and are not scheduled to play them for several more. So what does this new Bucks team look like? We catch up with team reporter Megan O'Brien. She tells us a little bit about what Cam Newton has brought to that offense. How different does that look? And, of course, the Deep Slant Player of the Week, I had a chance to catch up with C.J. Procise, running back and kickoff return man for the Houston Texans. He was here before week one, uh, quietly worked his way on the practice squad, was active for game day a few times early on in the season, and now here he is. He's about to be um, perhaps a, a bigger, have a bigger role on this Texans offense. He certainly has done so on the kickoff return team. I had a chance to catch up with him, and he revealed some information that I thought was uh, funny, fascinating. He knows Will Fuller, the two were roommates at Notre Dame. CJ actually was a wide receiver back then. Um, he talks about his experience returning kicks and returning punts, and uh, you actually he surprised me a little bit with his answer there. And, of course, he played Deshaun Watson in college, so we go there. But, you know, he's had a tough road. He's had quite Quite a few seasons cut short by injury, and here he is with the Texans hoping to do some nice things uh, for uh, the remainder of the season. So definitely got a chance to, to get to know him a little bit better. But first, you know, you can experience reliably fast Wi-Fi speeds and more in a snap with Xfinity XFi. You get the speed, coverage, control, and security you need for the ultimate in-home Wi-Fi experience. This internet is more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans and proud partner of the Deep Slant podcast. So let's get right into it. Let's get to know five-year veteran running back CJ Procise a little bit better. What he knows about this Texans team, he knows these players quite well. And you know what? I hope you get a chance to know Procise a little bit better after this one-on-one with him. I've actually never had a chance to talk to you. So we're meeting right now in the Zoom interview. CJ, how's it going? It's going great. How about you? I'm doing all right. I mean, I want to hear about your season because 2020 has been a bit of a roller coaster for everybody, but you joined the Texans just prior to week one. You were on the practice squad. We saw your name get elevated a couple of times to the active roster for game day with when Duke was out with an injury early. And then now that David Johnson's on IR, you're on the 53-man roster. So what's this season been like for you? You spent your entire career with Seattle and, and here you are in Houston. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a roller coaster ride for, for everybody, I think. Um, you know, it's kind of a learning experience as we go, uh, even with, you know, just elevating from practice squad back down, being cut, you know, being, being brought back to practice squad. I think just for everybody in, in general in the league, it's kind of a learning experience just with this whole COVID situation. But, I mean, it's been, I've, been, I've actually had a great year here. You know, I've had a lot of injuries in Seattle, which kind of, kind of turned my career to, you know, Kind of, kind of messed up my career a little bit. So when I got here, just being around these guys here, and just being in the locker room, it's been, it's been really great and been really just a revival for my career. Just as far as fun, uh, just loving being out there with with the team. Yeah, a little bit of a change of scenery. And you, you, we saw you in Cleveland. You had the uh, the kickoff return, one of them for 24 yards. What do you like about being back there returning kicks? I know at Notre Dame, you you did a little bit of everything, right? You did kickoffs and punts. You did all of, all of the uh, Well, actually, right? that was my uh, my first ever kick return. 
Um, in an NFL game or NFL and college. I, in I had, college. Yeah. I, I, know I that. um <laughs> last time I did a kick returns in high school. So uh so I'm you know, I was just pretty much just out there just just running, running full speed and trying to put my foot in the ground and make somebody miss. I mean, I was just having the fun out there and just you know trying to make make something happen. Well, how did you end up on kickoff return for the Texans. I was talking to Romeo Cornell about it, and he—they seem to really like what you're doing on the kickoff team so far. Uh, you know, I think they just want to kind of give me a give me a shot at you know just touching the ball. You know, with Duke and David, you know, being in the backfield wasn't a lot of opportunities, and they they kind of seen an opportunity for me to you know make some plays on kick return. Uh, once I once I learned how to catch catch them uh, consistently, they, they thought it was a good idea to put me out there, I and mean, I I knew I could make some plays once I got the ball in my hands. You, you mentioned your injuries in Seattle, and I know you've dealt with your fair share of them. Uh, you know, what was the worst of what you'd gone through and how do you sort of bounce back from the adversity of going through an injury, especially one that cuts your season short to start it over again and start fresh like you have here with the Texans? Uh, I mean, really just kind of keeping my mindset just, you know, kind of straightforward. You know, I, I dealt with different injuries over the years. I was put on IR three years. Uh, I think last year when I got put on IR, I got put on IR week 16. And it was that was that one really kind of that one kind of hurt the most because it was, you know, I, I was I seen that kind of the end of the road, you know, I, I, you know, I was feeling like, you know, I was going to get my shot to start the next week and then I broke my arm and it kind of just, you know, deflated me. Uh, and then I was kind of, I was off for off since, I guess, when I got hurt until the Texans signed me and before the season starts. So that whole time I was just, you know, kind of a lot of thinking, a lot of, uh, you know, just, you know, just kind of figuring out what I really wanted to do. And if, if, if you know, if I coming back to football, you know, how I would approach it and uh, what my mindset would be. And I think, you know, just getting the opportunity to come here has been great. Uh, it really just kind of been a revival for me. Did you ever feel like maybe you would just give up football and walk away from it? Was that ever a thought? Or did you always feel like you were going to come back from the injuries? Uh, yeah, I knew I was going to come back. But, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get the opportunity. I, I knew with every injury I had, you know, teams would be very reluctant to even think about signing me. So I had to, you know, work that much harder and just kind of, Try to show, try to show with the team because it wasn't any film I could put out there or any tape I could really send. I was just sending them workout videos of me working out on the field by myself. So it wasn't really much I could do as far as, you know, showing them. Except I just had to go out there and work hard. And then once I finally got the opportunity, I got here and get been able to show it. Well, you were a 2016 draft pick uh, out of Notre Dame, and we know the 2016 draft class out of Notre Dame really well because oh, yeah. of. Obviously, the Texans first round pick and Will Fuller. You know him very well too, as well as Nick Martin. Uh, so let's start with Will Fuller because I know at Notre Dame you started off as a wide receiver. So you two not only were on the same team, you were in the same position group. Oh yeah. So what was it like reuniting? You know, you get a chance with another team, and then it turns out to be someone that you are very familiar with, with Fuller here at the Texans. Oh uh, well, yeah, but first of all, I mean, I was so when I got the call from uh, you know, the Texans, I was going to be signing signing to the practice squad. I was, you know, fully was probably the first person I told. Just you know. Our relationship going back to college, you know, we, we were always close. Uh, we were actually roommates, I think, his freshman year, my redshirt freshman year. So that was the first year we kind of, you know, started, you know, growing our bond together. But we always played, you know, side to side in the field. And, you know, just being seeing him, you know, seeing the way his 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 career progressed, even Nick, you know, seeing how how, how well they progressed here and, you know, kind of just being, seeing them being leaders on this team is, you know, is really, is really cool to see just coming from somewhere else and playing with them before. It's really, really fun to see. 
All right, so you guys were roommates at Notre Dame. What was what was Will Fuller like then? He's a pretty quiet guy now. Has much changed about <laughs> about the guy that you knew versus the guy <laughs> that the Texans fans know? No, nothing, nothing at all. He might talk a little bit more now, but oh, he's more talkative. Okay, he, but that but not, not much. You know, I mean, me and him both were kind of the same. We're, we're very quiet guys. We don't really, you know, we're not loud guys. We kind of keep to ourselves, kind of spend the house all the time. But you know, uh, that's kind of thing. That's why we kind of clicked all the time. But uh. Yeah, no, he has definitely hasn't changed much. He's still he's still quiet will. He still runs past everybody and, and won't say a word to you. You guys both have dealt with your share of injuries, and both of you seem to be having um, a good start this year. Obviously, with Fuller, everything that he's done in, in this year. But when you when you watch what he's able to do on the field, is that kind of how you remember him at Notre Dame? Oh yeah, and um, I mean, and, and now it's even you know it's like almost like double that because he can do so much more than what he was. Notre Dame it was like all right, you just fasten everybody's run and go run past everybody. Now it's like he can do anything you want him to do at receiver block route running and uh, i mean of course his speed is is top notch and probably one of the best fastest in the league but uh you know he can do everything he's a, he's a complete player and i mean excited for his, his future going forward you know every time i see him out in the field you know like he's probably my favorite player to watch so i'm always excited anytime he makes a play all right so you started off as a wide receiver and then you got moved to running back so tell me about that. What was that transition like for you? Was that something that you were expecting? Did you think that was a temporary move? Did you think one day you were going to go back to wide receiver? How tough was it to go from wide receiver to running back? Uh, yeah, so my uh, my junior year was a big, my, my, I was playing receiver. And then I had a lot of, I had a lot of runs. They were giving me kind of jet sweeps, kind of around the, around the uh, end in runs. And I think closer to the end of the season, I started having bigger runs and bigger plays. And I think once the season ended, you know, there's a lot of talk about me moving to running back just because of we were lacking in depth kind of kind of thing at the time. And at, our receivers were so deep at receiver. I mean, at Notre Dame at the time, we didn't really. I was I would have been an asset, but it was at running back. I think I helped the team more, and that kind of. Uh, and for me, I'm always just about helping the team win, and uh, that that was kind of the situation I was in, and it turned out to be the best situation for me. I was looking at some of your college stats and one of your best performances was in 2015 at Clemson. Mm -hmm. You had hundred yards rushing, 150 yards from scrimmage. You had a rushing touchdown and oh, Deshaun Watson was the quarterback on the other side of the field. And I know yeah. we've talked to several of these players about this particular game. I believe this was the one that was played in this monsoon rainstorm, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. So obviously Notre Dame wants to run the ball a lot, but when you look back at that game, to think that you're playing on the same team as Deshaun Watson now, what did you remember about him facing him in college and, and watching his career develop now here in, in the NFL? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, just the poise, you know, from the from the start, you kind of even I think I remember watching Deshaun's first game as a freshman, you know, you just know his poise. You can just see the poise and now playing with him. You, you just I'm a part of it now. You can just see how how relaxed and how how easily he makes he makes the game look. And I mean, it's really something, something to watch, especially, you know, we're now watching him and Will playing on the same team and, you know, all the other guys that we have on, on this roster. I mean, it's, 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 been, it's been fun to watch this offense, for sure. Okay, so we know you haven't been a running back your entire career, but you've been playing it long enough. So who do you think you've really modeled your run game after? Was there a player or two that you sort of watched in the league and you feel like that's the style that you want to emulate? Well, it's actually funny because, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, since I got here, a lot of, a lot of guys, even in Seattle, told me I, I they remind me I remind, remind me of Aaron Foster, and that was kind of a guy I always, uh, even growing up, I, I remember watching a lot. Terrell Davis is a guy, you know, I, that's my like one of my all-time favorites. But uh, Aaron Foster is a guy, and I definitely, you know, I watched his games. Even Matt Forte kind of watched those guys' games who were both, you know, receiving backs, 
who can also make, you know, make plays out the backfield. And so those are two guys I definitely, you know, like, like to use their game to kind of model my game after. I remember Arian Fosterwell. He's a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to chat with as well. Very, very interesting character. All right. So CJ, now heading into this final stretch of the season, you're, you know, what do you feel like you can really bring to the special teams and, and to this offense behind Duke? Uh, I mean, you know, I'm really just looking to bring a different energy. You know, I, uh, I just want to come in with, coming in with fresh legs. Uh, I'm excited to play. Just, I'm going to run hard and I'm going to make some plays. Uh, that's really what I'm looking forward to. I'm really just excited to be out there. You know, I've I, I battled my ups and downs. So really just being on the field at any time for me is just, I'm just having fun being out there. All right, CJ. Well, best of luck for the rest of the season. It was a pleasure getting to meet you, even if it was over Zoom. But looking forward to seeing what the rest of 2020 has in store for you. Appreciate you. Thank you. I like what CJ has done in the return game so far. I kind of want to see him get some carries at running back. You've got Duke Johnson out there, and, of course, David Johnson's on IR. So uh, who's going to get the, the bulk of carries behind Duke? Is it going to be Buddy Howell? Could it be CJ Procise? Um, you know, we can only – uh, we'll just have to wait and see for Sunday's game and for the rest of the season. All right, but let's turn to Sunday's game first. First things first, it's Cam Newton with nine rushing touchdowns. It's the New England Patriots coming off a hot, hot win against the Baltimore Ravens. What do the Texans have in store for them on Sunday when they host the Patriots for their annual salute to service game? Well, I had a chance to catch up with Megan O'Brien, team reporter for the Patriots. And here's her preview of the 2020 New England Patriots facing the Texans. I know it's been a roller coaster of a season for those Patriots. They lose four in a row, and then we saw that huge upset victory they had against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. Is the mood a little bit more optimistic in New England these days? I think it has to be, especially when you beat a team like the Ravens. Now the Patriots were able to string two impressive offensive performances together and I think it's almost as if it's a new season in Foxborough. This win against the Ravens has given the Patriots new life. And I think they're riding that high and looking forward to the next opponent, which is obviously the Houston Texans. I read this stat that Bill Belichick is undefeated when his team is the underdog by a touchdown or more. So with that being said, what is it about his teams and how he coaches that they that they play not only so well, but they can win under pressure like that. Well, I think when you look at the last 20 years, there haven't been many games where Bill Belichick's team has been an underdog by seven or more points because of the dominance that the Patriots have had through the last 20 years. And it really is remarkable. But I just think looking at the coaching job that the Patriots staff put together this week to go up against the Ravens, they had 17 players on the injury report. Friday's injury report heading into the week. And several of those players were on the front seven. And what do the Ravens like to do? Well, they like to run the ball. And the Patriots did an excellent job containing that run. And I think Bill Belichick just looks at each week as another building block opportunity. The Patriots were slowed down a little bit in the beginning of the season due to a slight COVID outbreak when Cam Newton tested positive for COVID. Then Stephon Gilmore did as well. They were back out on the practice field, stringing days together, building upon that. And I think this win, like I said, gave them new life. Yeah, you mentioned Cam Newton with the, the COVID diagnosis. And he went through a month there where he did not have a passing touchdown. He was still rushing for touchdowns, but it was really slow going, it seemed like, for Newton early on in the season. Where do you think that he has really shown the most growth or the most progress since his return from COVID and even throughout the season? 
I think for the Patriots, it's been about developing an identity under Cam Newton as their quarterback without training camp this year, without Cam Newton being available for some of those early weeks of the season, without the team being able to practice. It was tough for them to really install new things, to develop their offensive identity. You can do those things virtually over Zoom meetings or whichever way you want, but it's different when you're not physically able to be together and practice those things. Cam Newton has had to learn a whole new offensive system with new offensive weapons, and I think it's just taken him some time. Now, getting back to those weapons, he doesn't have a ton to work with, but I think the chemistry he's built with wide receiver Jacoby Myers is certainly promising. And Nikhil Harry, he's been dealing with a concussion. He was back out this week. Hopefully, Harry can take a step forward. And then Edelman, who's on IR, it sounds like at some point he will come back this season. It won't be this week against the Texans, so you don't have to worry oh, about Julian Edelman. Yeah, but let's just rest I him think, a little bit longer. <laughs> I think the the progress of the offense it keeps evolving, and that all starts with Newton. All right. So according to our next gen stat presented by AWS, Cam Newton ranks second in the NFL. With nine rushing touchdowns, only Kyler Murray has more with 10. So with, with that being said, how has Josh McDaniels really adapted this offense to fit Cam's mobility and, and his skill set? Well, there's no question. They are a run-first offense, and I think you have to pat the offensive line on the back because they did a tremendous job against the Ravens under less-than-ideal situations there. And they've created the lanes for Damian Harris. They've allowed Cam to run. Um, and I think that it all really begins with the run for the Patriots. I mentioned the weapons, how they don't have a lot to work with. I think if the Patriots can establish the running game, things will open up for the Patriots offense. All right. So let's talk about that Patriots running game, because obviously you don't have Sony Michelle for uh, the season, but you've got Damian Harris, you've got Rex Burkhead. So how, how are those two used in tandem and, and how are they, they used in different situations for the, for the Patriots run game? Well, the Patriots will have to make a decision this week on whether to activate Sony Michelle off of IR or not. So there is a question there and something to keep an eye on because he could add some more depth. He had an underwhelming season last year in his second year playing in the NFL, but Michelle could add some promise, especially running behind this offensive line. Now, Damian Harris is a second year player who's made the most of all of his opportunities. He was dealing with an injury last year. He was dealing with an injury at the beginning of the season. But after this last performance he had, it seems like he is the lead back, unless Sony Michelle comes back and has something to say about it. Rex Burkhead has been the offensive MVP for this Patriots team. And I think the key with Burkhead is his versatility. He can run the ball out of the backfield. He can catch. He made himself a great touchdown reception when uh, – Quarterback Jacoby Myers threw him the ball in that trick play on Sunday. Um, but Rex Burkhead really has been the heart and soul of this offense. He does it all. But one thing I would keep an eye on is James White. James White has been a key contributor for the Patriots over the past several years. He hasn't been playing as much this season. Obviously, he was dealing with a terrible tragedy, and that kept him out of a couple of games. I don't know why James White hasn't been playing as much, but anytime he's out there, he contributes as well. So I think those group of versatile backs have really helped the Patriots offense and, and gotten more production. Well, you mentioned receivers, but you've got a pretty good receiver on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, cornerback JC Jackson's interception in the closing seconds of the second quarter against the Ravens was his 
sixth pick of the season. He's got five consecutive games with an interception. That just seems crazy, but it's a new franchise record. What's been the key to his success and how does he get his hands on a pick every single week? What's been most impressive about Jackson is the way he's stepped up and filled the void for Stephon Gilmore. The Patriots have been without Gilmore for the past three games. And in that game against the Jets, Jackson and the rest of the Patriots secondary did not play well, yet Jackson was able to come up with a crucial interception. And it seems like he's there for all the big plays. He's a young player. He's still developing. Seems sometimes he gets a little handsy and draws some penalty flags, but he's definitely cleaned it up and he's got an act for the ball. All right. So Stefan Gilmore, what can you tell us about him? Obviously you've got a, a lot of injuries that you've been dealing with. We've got a lot of COVID cases uh, this season, but what about his status for the rest of 2020? Yeah, that is a something that's been very curious to watch about the Patriots. Stefan Gilmore was dealing with a knee injury and there were reports that after the injury occurred in practice, that Gilmore had an MRI done and they didn't find the injury to be significant. However, Gilmore has not been out at practice. He was out for a walkthrough last week, but besides walkthroughs, he hasn't been on the practice field and he hasn't been seen in game action. Now that was a name that was floated around a lot at the trade deadline. And obviously he's still on the Patriots team, but is curious that he hasn't been out on the practice field or active for games. All right. How surprising is it? Because when the season started, it seemed like the Patriots had the longest list of players that were opting out due to COVID concerns and you lose starters like Hightower, Patrick Chung, you know, who's really stepped up or surprised you in the absence of some of those leaders on the team? Jacoby Myers has been the biggest surprise because he was an undrafted player and he's really stepped in, didn't have an opportunity until Nikhil Harry was injured. And then Jacoby Myers has definitely made the most of his opportunities. But I also look at a guy in the defensive side of the ball, like Adrian Phillips. He was signed as a free agent for the Patriots and he's really made the most of that. He's a versatile player. He's been playing that safety and really kind of filling in for that Patrick Chung role. And another name that I would watch out for is Kyle Duggar, who's a rookie second round pick for the Patriots. We know the Patriots are sort of notorious for that rookie redshirt year. And it didn't seem like Duggar was getting a lot of opportunities at the beginning of the season that all changed in the game against the Ravens. And Duggar was very impressive. He led the team in tackles. I would look for him to build off of that performance as well. But the tandem of Duggar and Phillips to me is really the key of the defense just because of the speed that they provide. Okay. Well, it seems like every year these two teams face each other and you know, we reminisce about all the Patriots connections on the Texans team and vice versa. But this year it seems a little different because it's it's Romeo Cornell as interim head coach. And Romeo and Bill Belichick's relationship has gone back many, many years. I wrote a story about it on HoustonTexans.com, like the, the sheer experience of the NFL between those two coaches. And they were together with the Giants. Obviously, they're together with the Patriots. But what has Bill Belichick been saying about facing Romeo Cornell, a guy that he's coached with on multiple teams and is really good friends with. They have it's such a it's it's different from the, the the coaches that have worked under him. They were really working side by side for a lot of their careers early on. Well, it's interesting, DP. I'm not sure if you knew this, but this will be the oldest coaching matchup in the history of the NFL. <laughs> when you look at Cornell and Belichick, Belichick pushing 70, he's 68, and Cornell in his 70s. But these two just have a wealth 
of football experience. When Coach Belichick spoke about Cornell this morning, he just said he's a guy who's inspiring to his players, a great teacher, and finds a way to get the most out of everyone. And you look at those guys with all of their experience, everything that they've proven, and they still find a way in today's NFL, which is a lot different from the NFL from 10 years ago, the NFL from 20 years ago, but they still find a way to get their players to learn, to improve, and to produce. And they've been through some crazy seasons, a strike, a lockout, a pandemic. I mean, they've pretty much been through it all and uh, will be fun to see. I feel like Romeo always skews that age factor of coaches heading <laughs> to, to kick off every week, but always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, DP. All right, good stuff as always. Looking forward to a good game on Sunday against the Patriots. The Texans finally home, it seems like, after forever that they've been on the road. It's been nearly a month. They've had some road games, had a bye week wedged in there, but here they are back at home again, and it feels good to be playing a home game in front of limited fans. And, of course, you can always catch the pregame show every single week, whether the Texans are home or away on Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. Myself, Drew Doherty, we bring you the quick hits and the top stories of the week. We bring you the inactives fresh off the presses. Who's in, who's out for Sunday's matchup. And we answer your fan questions. So be sure to send those in. It's uh, on Facebook. It's on social media. If you download the Houston Texans mobile app, you will get it there as well. So you cannot miss it. The pregame show Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. And of course, catch up on HoustonTexans.com before, during, and after the game for all the latest news, highlights, videos, and more. I've got a special treat coming out next week. You're not going to want to miss it. It's uh, in addition to my weekly deep slant. It's a, a very special one-on-one, -on -one, or I should say two-on-two, uh, with A.J. Moore and his brother C.J. Moore. Just finished filming that now, and we had a little bit of fun with him, myself and Tori Petri, Lions team reporter. We uh, played a fun little game with them, and, you know, it's exciting. Those two will be playing each other for the first time on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, two identical twin brothers. Uh, always fun to catch up with them as well. So you'll get all that on HoustonTexans.com, so be sure to check it out. That'll be coming out in the next few days. All right, well, that's going to do it for our podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Stay safe out there, and as always, go Texans.